We are so excited that this latest message from Truth Movement Church can meet you where you are today. This message from TMC will help you to apply the truth of God's word to your everyday life. It's practical and powerful. Enjoy his word. That never happens, but it is, it is a privilege. Um, we're ending our series today. And I, I, I told y'all, this series has been like a thing for me. It has really been a thing. So I'm one of those, like, I'm excited, but then I am a little sad because I look forward to it each week. But I get the, the privilege of closing it out, okay? So this is what I promise you. Today we're going to chill, okay? We're just going to chill today. We're not going to go too too far. We're not going to go too deep. We're going to package up the, the, ser- the series, we'll walk it back through, drop in what we're doing today so that we can pack it up in our heart and walk it out. Because it does nothing. It's almost like useless if we sit up under this series all this time and we're like, oh, that was good. And we can recall it, but we just don't do it. And I think too often that happens, you know? We are really entertained and excited about a thing. I do not want that to happen with this series. It's just too powerful. It's just too much to be able to just let it have rolled past our ears. You know what I mean? We want to take it from our ears into our hearts and live it out. So today, we're just going to chill. Sound good? Today, I will teach today. I will not preach today. I went back and listened to that podcast. I was like, girl, you was yelling. Oh, my God. <laughs> you got to stop. So today, we're going to chill. That sounds fine. Well, see, I think I might feel I might feel more comfortable with y'all than y'all feel with me because, look, I've cried off my makeup. I got tear stains all over my shirt. I just decided that we're comfortable, but y'all still acting stiff. So can we just chill? Y'all are good? Y'all good? Okay. For those of you who are new to TMC, we're all family here. So, like, as soon as you came in, you're not cousin such and such. This is just kind of how we roll. Okay? So we are comfortable. Okay. Before we go into anything, though, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Let's bow our heads. Father God, humbly we come before you right now. Father, with ears and hearts open, ready to hear from you, ready to receive. Father, we thank you for this moment in your presence. And God, you have a word that you want to deliver to us, and we want to receive it. So Father, right now, we bind all distraction in the name of Jesus. Father, be it an internal distraction, an external distraction. God, a distraction in our own thoughts or in our mind, God. We bind it right now in the name of Jesus, and we say, Father God, just have your way in here. God, move how you want to move. God, one thing that we know is for sure is that we desire, we desperately need the truth of God to make it. So, God, I ask God that as I deliver the message that you have given, Lord, God, allow me to do it with the clarity from which you gave it to me. God, I ask God that it goes directly to the hearts of the people you intended it for. Lord, God, I ask God that as your presence rests in every seat and fills this atmosphere, God, I ask that there is no place that we can hide from you. Have your way here in this place today, oh God. Father, let this be the line where heaven meets earth, God. Father, and as we do as your prayer has instructed, God. We allow your kingdom to come on earth as it is in heaven. So, Father, let's he- let heaven's best meet us in this place this morning, oh God. We release you, God, to have your way. God, the only intention we have in this moment is to receive from you. Pour yourself out. 
God, we understand that you are a God that exceeds expectation. And right now, God, our expectation is for you to be God. Have your way in this place, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Okay, so I'm going to start us where we left off in Mark chapter 9. In the New King James Version, that's NKJV, should say for our electronic folks. NKJV translation. Mark chapter 9. It's the text we did last week for those of you that... For those of you that were here, for those of you that were not here, please go and um, listen to the podcast. And where we are is, for those who weren't here, Jesus has come. Jesus and his closest friends have come down from the Mount of um, Transfiguration. He's revealed himself to his friends. They come down. There's chaos down at the bottom of the mountain. A man comes up and he brings his son to Jesus, and his son is possessed by um, a demonic spirit that is causing him to have seizures and throw himself on the ground and just really this is really really acting out in front of um, um, in front of Jesus and the disciples attempt to um, drive the spirit out of the man but they couldn't and so they bring the man to Jesus and Jesus um, commands the spirit to leave that's where we are in scripture so let's go from let's say verse 21 And this is after the man has brought his son to Jesus and the son is acting up in front of the the spirit is acting up in front of Jesus. Verse 21, it says, so he asked the father, how long has this been happening to him? And he said, from childhood. And often he has thrown him both into the fire and into the water to destroy him. But if you can do anything, have compassion on us and help us. Jesus said to him, if you can believe all things are possible to him who believes. 24, immediately the father of the child cried out and said with tears, Lord, I believe, but help my unbelief. 25, when Jesus saw that the people came, when Jesus saw that the people came running together, he rebuked the unclean spirit, saying to it, deaf and dumb spirit, I command you, come out of him and enter him no more. 26, then the spirit cried out, then the spirit cried out, convulsed him greatly, came out of him, and he became as a dead man as one dead so that many said is he dead but Jesus took him by the hand and lifted him up and he rose 28 and when he had come into the house his disciples asked him privately and this is where we'll sit and the disciples asked him privately why could we not cast it out 29 so he said to them this kind come out by nothing but prayer and fasting that's powerful and that's a message in itself I know while I was reading that, you preached a bunch of sermons to yourself. You'd already decided where we were going, and you were mm, in your spirit just off the text alone because the text just preached its own message, okay? It did. So let me do me a favor. Sit it right there, okay? We're going to come back and touch that later. But first, let's go from the beginning of the Habit series. Um, The first week of the Habit series, my husband posed um, a thought that was just amazing, and he explained to us that there are a set of habits a set of habits that are consistent to the person that you desire to be. A set of habits that are consistent with the person that you're trying to be. So like he gave the example um, of like, if I wanted to be a bodybuilder, a bodybuilder, like, you know, the kind they'd be standing from people there. I'm a bodybuilder and um, I changed my diet. I started to make sure it was lean meat that day. I started to eat lean meat. Um, And I'm very, 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 detailed with my diet, like I'm concentrating on the ingredients and all that stuff, and that is what I focus on, my diet. 
let's say six months, six months, focus on my diet because I'm going to be a bodybuilder. And um, I go before, like, the judges, and they're like, what? Like, what is that? I don't think I'm going to get bodybuilder results because all I did was change my diet. I did not lift weights. I did not change my exercise regimen. I did not take any supplements or vitamins. All I did was just that one thing, and I expected for there to be a desire, you know, produce my result. There are a set of habits that are consistent with the person you desire to be. Sometimes we're envious of people and we have the desire to have what they have or walk how they walk, but there's a set of habits that go with that. It cracks me up because I talk, to, I talk we talk to couples all the time. And they will say to us, because God has, we, let me tell you, we are truly, truly blessed. God has truly made a ministry out of our marriage, but it didn't start like that. And they will say, you testify, it did not start like that. And people will say, like, you know, that's, I, I see how you got, and that's what I want. But there are a set of habits that are consistent. To be the, right. There are, there are ways that we have had to train ourselves that have to daily deal with ourselves individually and as a couple in order for us to be where it is that we want to be. There is a set of habits that are consistent. But what will happen is we will set a goal and we don't have the habits that line up with the goal. And then we are disappointed when we find ourselves ineffective and not really being what we were expected to be because we made a change. We didn't make changes and then we don't get to where we want to go and then we feel some kind of way. There's a, a set, a set of habits. Got it? Um, as we walked through, we started talking about different habits and how there are different default settings in our DNA and just in our spiritual makeup that cause us to react in certain ways that have become habits. We habitually respond to things in the same way, and they become our personality. They have just become our modus operandi, the way that we operate. They have become our MO, and the way that we handle things, these are our innate, like, just habits. We have propensities to things, ways that we tend to behave, and we spent a good bit of time identifying those different things. I don't know about you, but I left that phase of the series in real self-check mode. Like, I got to stop doing this. I got to stop doing that. Oh, I do do this. I got something. And it was very, it was a very good place for me because I was able to see a lot of different things. And then we stumble upon, um, is it Mark 6, um, where we started to talk about God's expectation. I'm sorry, Matthew chapter 6. We talked about, um, God's expectation. He says to us, and I just do the beginning of the sentence. I believe it's in verse six, um, verse twelve and fifteen. I believe where he says, "When we give, and when we pray, and when we fast." Yeah, he didn't say like, and "If you decide to to give, and if you decide to pray, and if you decide to fast," because there was no need to say "if you do," because it's already expectation that if you carry in my name, this is already what my people do. This is how we roll. They already explained, even in, in, I believe it's in John chapter 13, where he says that by this they will know that you are my disciples by the way that you love, by loving one another. So we have an expectation of love. We have an expectation to give. We have an expectation to pray. There's an expectation that we fast. There's an expectation that we love. I don't think all the time we understand that those are non-negotiable. There are a set of habits that are consistent to the person that we desire to be. And if you desire to be a follower of Christ, if you desire to carry his name, if you desire to rock with his brand, he's explained to you this is just what we do. Right. It isn't like when I feel, see, we, we, this is what we do. We say, I felt led to pray. 
I feel led to fast. You know what I mean? Like, I felt, you don't, 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 don't worry, don't, even, don't trouble yourself with feeling led. Because this just is what it is. We don't do this sometimes. We do this all the time. This is a habit. This is a lifestyle. We live a fasted life as followers of Christ. We have a prayer life. We don't like only corporate pray and corporate fast. We don't give only to the task like, oh, we got a building fund. We're sowing into the building fund. Are we, we, no, no, no. We are givers. And not just givers of the dollar. We are givers of our time. We are givers of our talents. We are, we are called to be givers if we, this is the set of habits that are consistent with the person that we desire to be. Now, there are some of us that just want to be followers of Jesus in name only. We want a relationship status that we can claim that we have with him, but we don't have the habits that line up with, okay. There is something, I was raised a Martin daughter. I am the daughter of Wendell and Artilla Martin. And anybody knows when it comes to the Martin family, there's just a way that they love. They could love the most unlovely. So much so that that person will change and can't help themselves but to love people. It is a brand of our family. If you're going to roll with the Martins and you struggle with the whole love thing, you are going to be very uncomfortable because that's just how we are. It just is what it is. We are identified by it. It is in our DNA. My last name is still Underwood, but I am still identified in public as a Martin. I can tell it by the smile. I can tell it by the love. It runs. It, it is a set of habits that is consistent with the person that you desire to be. It is not optional. Say it to yourself. It is not optional. Okay, so we've been in this series for quite some time now. So I'm not going to ask the question in a position for you to answer it. I just want you to think about it for yourself. Have you set yourself in the position to walk with the set of habits that are consistent with the person that you desire to be? Self, don't, don't, don't look across and like, don't make eye contact with me. Don't nod or nothing. This is just a self thing. Check your own, your own self. I am not checking you. You check you. And you say, you know what, we've been this for a couple weeks. I've noticed some things, but I can't necessarily say I made these changes. Okay? So now that I took you from where we were, let's propose the situation for today. I actually have points. I never preach in points. So I was proud of myself when I said I have, well, I got three points. I got three points for the reasons why you will need to develop these sets of habits of giving, of praying, of fasting, of loving. Got it? I was so proud of myself. For those of you who don't know, my husband always preaches in points, and he leaves with like, yes, you can walk at these points. And I never preach in points. And I'm so excited because I always say to myself, I have something to write down. So go ahead and get your pen and your piece of paper. And we even gave you a pen and paper so that you can take the time to write these things down. Awesome, right? Okay. So the first reason why you will need to develop these habits other than the fact that it's just complete obedience because Jesus already explained that this is what we do. Um, Number one, developing these habits will break the old habits. Developing these habits will break the old habits. So my daughter, Kennedy, she um, has played competitive volleyball since she was eight but when she turned 10 she started playing on the elite team which was a different level of competition and um 
Now, for an elite team for volleyball, that means you're playing on the team that's the best of the best in your age bracket. So for the past two years, she has played at the elite level. And um, this year, she's going to be playing for 13 elite. And there is a large jump between 12 and 13 when it comes to um, girls' volleyball. There's a, a big jump in competition and talent. And I'm not exactly sure why. I believe puberty probably plays a part in it. But there is a huge jump in the skill level and the competition um, between these two ages, 13 and or 12 and 13. So in preparation, she made the 13 elite team. And so I got her with um, uh, to do one-on-one -on -one training with uh, one of the trainers at the facility. She plays for Top Select, one of the best volleyball programs, I can say nationally. Yeah. Plug for top select. Um, so I got her to do a private with, um, we have Coach Hans. Now, for those of you who have never met Coach Hans, Coach Hans is a very still-faced, almost like a, a Russian military soldier-looking type of guy. He's just very, he does, you're not going to catch a smile out of him. That's just not how he rolls, but he is great at what he does. And he has been her practice coach since she was eight, but not her actual team coach. Well, this year, he's going to actually be her team coach. So I wanted to make sure she got a chance to get in, you know, privates and work with him. And so we t I take her to the, the lesson, and um, she goes off to him, and I'm off into the distance. And um, he says, because he's known her since she was eight, like, I've been watching you play for years, so um, you are tall and you are strong. And a lot of what you do, you've been able to get away with because you're tall and you're strong. But for the level that you're going to, that's not going to work. So then he takes her to the net, he stands her up on this box, and he has her get in her position to hit. And he had my baby hit like 150 balls, and he was tweaking every, every single thing. Like, it would, it would do what it was supposed to do, but he, it still wasn't enough for him. He just, go, go. Then he took her to the line, and she's serving. And he had her serve truly over 150 balls, exact same thing, over and over and over and over again. And he said, I have to program you to do it the right way so that you won't do it the wrong way because you've been doing it wrong so long you've taught yourself bad habits but you have to take on these new habits so that you'll stop doing the old habits by taking on the habits of Jesus by giving by praying by fasting not listen, don't, I didn't just say doing them. I said making them as a habit, making it as a part of your regular routine. As you cycle that in, the other will cycle itself out. We work so hard on not doing. Like, I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to do this, and I'm not going to do this, but you didn't replace it with anything. So you can't stop yourself from the wrong you're doing until you program yourself to do it right. Say new habits. Scripture tells us that I will put down my way and pick up the cross and follow him. So I got to put my stuff down so that I can pick up his stuff. But if I put myself down and just keep admiring his stuff and never start doing anything, it's only going to be a matter of time before my stuff looks more familiar to me. So we've had a break between club season and she has started to play middle school volleyball. Listen, when you used to watching volleyball, volleyball, middle school volleyball is painful to watch. So, yes, it, I was trying not to say that, but yes, it is, it's painful. So, I'm in the stands, 
And, you know, I'm realizing I'm with people that they don't even know what they're looking at because they're cheering for stuff. It's like, what? Don't, that, was, that was terrible. Don't cheer for that. Okay, so I'm in the stands, and Kennedy goes to the line to serve. Now, mind you, we've had a break from club volleyball for a minute, so she hasn't been with Coach Hans and them because we had, like, a week off. So I'm watching her go to the line, and this child is just whacking balls, like just – and the crowd is going crazy because it's loud and it's going over. But she has lost all form. She is just, I'm thinking to myself, I spent a lot of money on privates for you to go learn that the right way, for you to sit up with these middle school kids. And now you're playing with like the rest of them and you're just whacking balls and forgot all form. But because she stopped doing it right for a while, it was very easy for her to go back and just go right into what she's doing. Why do you need to make sure that you grasp and take on and develop these habits? Because if you do not, you will never be able to consistently keep those broken. Got number one? Let's go to number two. Okay. Number two, the second reason why is because these habits produce power. These habits produce power. Now let's go back to the text. I told you I was going to come back for it. In verse 28, when he came into the house, the disciples asked him privately, because, you know, you don't, some stuff you don't want to say in front of everybody. Like, Because, by the way, um, why couldn't we cast it out? Now, in Matthew, Jesus had given them the authority to be able to cast out demons. He said that there's just too much work. These crowds are too big. There's too much work to be done, and the laborers are, are few. So he gave them the ability to be able to cast out, cast out demons. And Jesus responds and says, he says to them, this kind can come out by nothing but prayer and fasting. They had the ability. They didn't have the technique. And just like Hans tried to explain to Kennedy is what you've been doing been working for you. But on this new level, you're going to have opponents that that what you've been doing is not going to work. The way that you've been handling it's not going to be able to work because this kind only comes out through prayer and fasting, a set of habits. See, for some of us, we feel like because we've been living saving, it's been working, it's, uh, it's good. But on the level where God is trying to take you, you are going to be facing things that what you used to do is not going to work. It's going to take a set of habits. This kind can only come out through prayer and fasting. One of the things that I noticed in that was that Jesus didn't pray for the boy. And he didn't pray for the father. Now, my Jesus come out with prayer and fasting, but in that moment, he did not pray for the boy. He did not lay hands on the boy. He did not pray over the spirit. He gave the spirit an instruction. It wasn't at that point. It wasn't a time for prayer in that moment. It was an instruction. And that spirit had to respond to the power that was acquired by the prayer life and the fasting life that Jesus already had. It's a set of habits. These habits produce power. The power that I have that you see comes from the power that was acquired when you, when the moment you couldn't see. Yes. Because these habits acquire power in the realm that matters, the one you can't see. Where everything, where things really take place. 
These are the habits that make you effective and powerful in the realm that matters. It's the time that I spend on my knees when everybody in the house is asleep. It's the fasted lifestyle that I've committed to, not that I have to be instructed to. It's the, 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 the consistent and constant sowing and giving into the kingdom of God. It's the decision to make sure that I'm going to love the unlovely even when it's uncomfortable for me. I, I have to show the love of God. It's the kingdom habits that I've developed that makes me earthly victorious. The set of habits that are consistent to who it is that you desire to be. But the problem is because we don't take the time to do the behind the scenes setup, develop these habits in our lives and behind the scenes, when life presses on what you say you are, you don't have the power to respond or the authority to do so. Because if I present myself as a thing, I can't be mad when you expect me to be what I presented myself to be. But your habits will call your bluff. Because if I present myself to be a Christian, and I present myself to be a woman of God, and I present myself to be a kingdom employee, if I present myself to be a safe place and a light post, if I present myself to be pointing into the direction of Jesus, then when you try me, there's a certain reaction you shouldn't get. Because the habits that I have in place have now made those other habits Begun, you get what you get, you feel me what I'm saying? And I can't be mad at you for pressing it because I presented it. You know what I mean? I represented myself this way because I have adapted to the habits. You y'all, you feel me? So keep that question that I asked y'all in the beginning in the back of your mind. Have you developed the habits that are consistent with the person that you desire to be? I got one more point and then we're gonna be done. The third reason why is these habits will make you identifiable to the world. By taking on these habits, these habits will make you identifiable to the world. So for those, for any of you who are ever considering like letting your child play volleyball, like, unless you decide that this is what you want to commit your life to the rest of, until they graduate, um, like, don't. But if it is what you still want to do, you have to play for top select, especially if you have a daughter, because there really is no other club in, you know, girls volleyball. So um, there is this way that they teach them to serve. So they get to, Kennedy, can you be, come here, because you actually, you actually are a volleyball player. Um, can you demonstrate, put your arm that way, though. Like if you're gonna say if the net is there. If you are going to serve, what is top selects? To, yes. So they get to the line, they get ready to do the ball, and then what they do? See, you're very good. Sit down. Um, <laughs> what you probably did not notice was that she looked over her shoulder. It is a top select thing. It is a top select identifying thing. Not because they meant for it to. They weren't trying to be different. It is just that when you take the line and you get ready to serve, you better check your form before you serve. They get to the line. They'll dribble for a little while. They look their hand, and then they go. So we're at a game. Um, we're at the convention center. We're all sitting around, and they're up, and they're playing. And this dad, who's not connected to our team, says, why do they keep looking away from the ball? Like, they're getting ready to serve, and they just keep looking away from the ball. And then I hear a parent who's not connected to us either say, 
It's because they're top select. They check their form. Like, that's just what they do. So I'm watching volleyball some random time, and I'm watching University of Minnesota. And I see Stephanie Samini, a girl who played for top select. And now she's playing at the college level. She's about to graduate from college, so she's played for them four years on scholarship. And the camera zooms in, and she's at the line. And she goes, and she's, she zaps the ball. She puts it in her hand, and then she looks over, and she checks her form. It's still in there. And immediately I knew she plays her top select. So, of course, that made me go look at other stuff, other schools that I know people go. So I can look up um, Jonna Shamley, and she's out in Massachusetts, and she takes the line. She dribbles the ball a little bit. She's ready to jump, sir, but before she throws the ball in, she checks her form. Let's check out Georgia Southern. So I look and I see Maya Wilson, and she's taking the line. All on scholarship, and she takes the line. Now, mind you, they've had training now by these university-level training. But they created a habit when they started that till this day they're identified by. And you know a top select girl when you see it because they're always going to check their form. That habit is still there. They still carry the name, even though they're under much bigger names now. The name is stamped there. Can the world see what you represent? when they look at you? Is there anything about your form that's telling of your habits? Is there anything about the way that you carry yourself that makes it identifiable to the world? Do they see you as a follower of him? Do you rock his brand? Do you carry his name? Is it obvious? Do you look like one of his by the habits that you have? Not just on the occasion that I do, because that's not a habit. But if it's something that you consistently and regularly do, if this is a lifestyle for you, you will look like, you will look like the habits that you create. The problem is a lot of us look like the habits that we've had. But you know what? What God does, he validates. Because have you ever seen somebody with a testimony that's like, I know who you used to be, but I can't see none of that anymore. Because when you take on these new habits, he uses who you were as a testimony, not because you still look like it, but because of how much you don't and how much more you look like him. So for those of us who are sitting under the word and it's like, you know what? I want to take on the habits of a winner. I've been sitting in situations where I feel like I've been losing, but a lot of it's because I got loser habits. My MO is set up for failure. And I need to take on the habits of a winner. And we would like to think that always has to happen like on this grand stage. Your opponent already knows how you work and how you play. So now I got to talk big church talk to let the enemy know that I'm changed and I'm different. That's why when we start saying, we start saying crazy stuff like, oh, take your best shot, devil. I saw Don't. <laughs> Miss me with the talk. Because it's the habits you have. It's not a bunch of church lingo and cliche that you can shout out in front of people if you don't have the habits that you, if in the clothes, in the dark room, in the, in the behind the scenes, you're not going before God and creating these habits, the enemy will call your bluff every time. But see, one time um, we were at the convention center and we played a team called A5. A, she said, oh, gee, see, so y'all know where I'm going with this. We played this team called A5 out of Atlanta. A5 is a talented team from 8 years old to 18 years old. When you see A5 on your roster, you be like, dang. 
they're all good. Every team they have is good. So we were playing at the convention center, and Kennedy is a middle, so her job is to block. And she didn't have a good game. And they were scoring off her block. And she said to me, well, she never, she, you know, we don't play crying on the court. And she said, I wanted to cry. Like she played a bad game, and it bothered her to the core of her. But she put in work in the off time. She got with the, the trainer. She worked on it in practice. She spoke to the owner so that she could get, I don't want to be in that situation again. So there's some things about the way that I'm doing this that got to change. A couple months later, we had a tournament in Atlanta. A5A Atlanta. We at their home in, in their state. But what they didn't know is the person that you met at the net the last time is not the same girl that you're going to run into this time. Because while nobody was watching, while we were outside of practice, I was putting in work to make sure that the old way I used to handle things is not the way that I handled it now. I want to make sure that I developed all new habits so I'm not the identifiable player. So you think you're about to line up at this net with who you had before. In the first set, the girl had 11 blocks. Every time the ball hit her hand, it was a pow, pow, and the crowd was going crazy. Your opponent is not ready for the change that you're making. All you got to do is do it. Don't talk about it. You don't have to be a whole like, yeah, and I'm changing this and I'm doing this. And he doesn't, you don't got to talk about it, you just got to do it. Develop the habits. The way you give, the way you pray, the way you fast, the way you love. You don't got to go pick fights with the enemy. He's coming. Anyway, in all ways, shapes, and forms. But once you develop the habits that create power, once you develop the habits that have an authority that he has to respect, when you meet him at the line again, it won't be the way you did when you were handling it with the, the way you handled it before. Amen? Amen. Stand to your feet. Now, habits, and people say habits are hard to break. That is the truest thing ever. They are hard to break, especially ones that have to do a diet, dear God. You know, there's a study that says people will change their God before they change their diet. That's amazing, right? Habits are hard to break. But there's an important lesson in starting a habit which helps you break a habit. But before you can do any of that, you have to go to God because all of this is bigger than you. All of this is something that's on a scale that's way bigger than that you can control on your own. All you need is the willingness to do it. Thank you for streaming the latest message from Truth Movement Church. We pray that you found something in God's word that you can deposit into your heart for future use. To stay connected with our ministry, like us on Facebook or Instagram, or learn more about us by visiting www.truthmovementchurch.org.